Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons. We will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. He asked, "What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. Let's connect with them and pick their brains." But first, a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and raised in Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college, and I love working with students, faculty, and staff. And now, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I'm not Asian. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I've always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York, for many years, and have been thinking about our future home. So we will be speaking to folks from around the world who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their intimate secrets. Whoa! <laughs> Just kidding. We will offer information you may not find anywhere else, though. So stay tuned. Good morning and happy New Year! Can't believe 2020 is behind us. Wow! Well, almost behind us, and hopefully it will be a peaceful 2021, given the events of this week. Today, we are especially thankful for a wonderful guest who I met actually through Facebook, and I'm not giving Facebook any kudos here, <laughs> but I want to say thanks to Facebook for this wonderful connection. With us today is Anita White, who was born in New York City and grew up in New York State. Anita attended Oregon State University in Corvallis and earned. A bachelor's of science in business administration. She also has a master's in information systems management from Robert Morris University in Pittsburgh. This is amazing. She's lived in Germany and ten states all across the country. They are Tennessee, New York, Indiana, Illinois, Texas, California, Oregon, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Kentucky. Woo! Anita served in the army for four years. And 16 in reserves. While in the military, Anita did personnel and finance work. Thereafter, she was employed as a civilian for the Department of Defense and Veterans Administration for 25 years until February of 2020. Army time and other calculations yielded her 30 years for pension purposes. Yes, the great and sought-after pension. Not everyone gets them. I love it. I know. Lucky <laughs> you, Anita. Okay. <laughs> Anita raised dairy goats and chickens on a hobby farm. You know, again, I make jewelry for a hobby. She raises chickens. See, <laughs> before retirement, she loves canning for winter and scratch cooking, and she bought the best midlife crisis toy ever about a year after retirement, which she loves riding her guess what three wheel motorcycle. She loved it so much she gave up. Her hobby farm before moving to Tennessee. 
where she downsized drastically before the move in March 2020 after the pandemic hit. And for volunteer work, Anita does tax preparation to low and moderate income taxpayers. Man, are you an unbelievable human being? Anita, take us away. Oh, you're making my head swell. (laughs) (laughs) Deservedly so. You have a great story. You know, we all have a different journey, and and that was just my journey. Some people raise great kids. I didn't, so I did other things. (laughs) And uh, the latest journey is retirement, and it's the best journey of all. I call it my second childhood. Love that. Love that. You can find yourself. You know, you didn't have time. You had constraints. Uh, Your time and your location were constraints to finding yourself. But in retirement, the world is your oyster. And so I'm enjoying this challenge to find myself tremendously, even with the pandemic restrictions. It doesn't matter. I'm good. So how did you wind up in Tennessee? And from where did you move? I was in West Virginia uh, for 13 years. And during that time, I researched some of the uh, tax and uh, cost of living expenses of different states. I was kind of drawn to Tennessee. So I would go down there, oh, once, twice, sometimes three times a year. And I was just drawn to the area. The people are exceptional. That was really the center. The, the weather is slightly warmer. In West Virginia, we've received uh, some horrendous snowstorms every few years, and I never had a snowblower, and I had a very long driveway. So shoveling was always my cardio for the winter. But Tennessee gets some snow, and then it's gone in a few days. That was a big draw. The scenery is very much like West Virginia. The culture is a lot like West Virginia. And I really loved living in West Virginia. It was not an easy decision to move. But the people here are the best. I I have never met kinder, more gentle, giving, generous people. You happen to mention to a neighbor that you need to go buy eggs. Well, they happen to have chickens and extra eggs. So they get you a dozen. They say, just bring me back the box. That's the only thing I want. I, I didn't ask for eggs, but I'm taking them, of course. And, and they're fresh <laughs> eggs. <laughs> fresh eggs. Yes. Nice orange yolks. Wow. And by the way, little tidbit for those who are not country, the color of the eggshell has nothing to do with nutrition. Right. It right. only has to do with the breed of the chicken. The nutrition of the hen has to do with the nutrition of the yolk. Yes. Interesting. I'm a city boy who actually knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked before. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> but, uh, but eventually it was a really difficult decision. And, and I kind of waffled between going or staying, going or staying. And I finally said, just go for it. I need some new scenery. I haven't moved for a while. The dust bunnies are getting kind of thick. Let's go. Wow. You know? So I went. And what factors were involved in this decision-making process? Everything. I'm a spreadsheet gal. And I took an account 
not just the cost of living, but the population density, uh, the makeup of the population, the pollution, the weather risk, everything. I even took down how much was spent in ratio to their income on pet stores. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. What? I just, it, it was overwhelming at first, but I have a little story about my spreadsheet. Yeah. Years ago, I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I was debating buying a home for the first time. So I did my little spreadsheet and I'd found a book on marketing. It was actually a marketing book, reference book from the library, this before the internet. And I picked out the zip codes in Portland, Oregon. I gave them each a rating. So if the population density was over such and such, I gave it a negative one. If it was under such and such, then I gave it a positive one and so on throughout the the different categories. Well, I was riding around Portland one day and I saw this cute little house for sale. The neighborhood looked nice. The street was clean. The lawns were well mowed. Everything was looked perfect. So I looked up the zip code on my sheet and it had a negative eight, which was one of the highest negative ratings of all my <laughs> zip codes. I went, wow. is my research incorrect or am I missing something here? So I found this little convenience store and I walked in and I found the owner. It was just the owner by herself. And I was chatting with her. It was a very quiet day. I was chatting with her about the neighborhood. And she goes, oh, I don't have any trouble with the Crips or Bloods. You know, they, they don't bother me. I've got a pit bull. Said, okay. Validated my research. I'm on the right track. That was smart. Oh, yeah, so go to a go- grocery store. Cool. <laughs> but, but that's what I also tell people to do. I say, do your research, but validate your research. Go visit. If you can, rent for at least six months. Yes. Did you do that with Tennessee, by the way, despite all the wonderfulness? Oh, do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had come down so many times. I I felt I really knew the area. And so I I bought, actually, I bought some property before I realized I didn't want to run the farm. Bought over 20 acres. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So tell us where you are in Tennessee and why that place? Greenville, Tennessee is the balance between too rural and too urban. It's about 30 minutes from Johnson City, so it's close enough to do whatever I want there. Or I can even go to a bigger city, Knoxville, in an hour, hour and a half tops. The traffic is non-existent. For the most part, wow. uh, there's no such thing as rush hour. <laughs> no. In Johnson City, there definitely is. I hit it. Thank you very much. <laughs> the population density is low, but not so low that you can go out to the mailbox with nothing on. But it's low enough that you can go in your nighty. Uh, you know, an opaque nighty. It's okay. <laughs> uh, in the city, that's a no-go. You know, they're lax. It's lax, but you're not isolated. It's funny. It's a small town, but it seemed like there's, there's plenty to do. 
the city garage car museum. There's a performing arts center. There's the county fair, which is supposed to be really good. There's, of course, the Andrew Johnson National Historic Site, which is Andrew Johnson, of course, president. I did go to a play. The National Capitol, I think it's called. It's not a huge theater, but it's well-maintained. It's older. It's well-maintained. I like going on the bike. Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) So how fast can you go on that thing? Is it like a regular vehicle? You can just drive up next to them, behind them? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Although my biker chick name is Miss Daisy. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have one with the two wheels in the front or two wheels in the back? Two in the front. Two in the front. And Miss Engineer, tell me why that is safer than two in the back. Two in the front gives you stability. Yes. Yes. That is the right answer. (laughs) You do well. (laughs) Put on the spot. Yeah, I researched that too. And that was the the deal maker. Those look like they're so much fun. It is. It is. It's, It's not... It's a little different for a an experienced rider. I took the two-wheeler course, and an hour before the test, I dumped their little Honda and was asked to leave. But um, <laughs> So I have much respect for two-wheel riders, but I need my three. But for two experienced two-wheel riders, it's, it's a different feel because you have to lean when you're in a two-wheeler. And a three, you definitely don't want to lean. It's more like a car in that respect. And that could be a problem, especially if they have two wheels in the back and they start leaning, they're going to tip over more easily. And did you have to get a special license for that? Yeah. Okay. What what, what kind of yeah. license? Yeah, it's a motorcycle license for it. Oh, okay. Okay. So I want to go back a second. What made you move during the pandemic? Well, that was, I was planning to move before the pandemic was really well known. I had a contract on my home to close in April. And in March, everything started to hit the fan. They were making rules in the morning, instituting them that afternoon. (laughs) So I wasn't expecting to move for another three weeks. Who knew what the environment would be? And I had an eight hour drive. I can't hold on for eight hours, not eat, not go to the restroom. I had to make a decision. I was still, you know, decluttering and what have you, but ready or not, I called up movers and they had a truck four days later in my driveway. Oh, it was hysterical. I loaded up the my truck and the trailer and I looked like the hillbillies. <laughs> Only this time I was going to the hill. Going from the mansion to the back to the hills, but it looked really funny. And I had a, I have a dog who doesn't like car rides, oh and so I had the movers shove her into the truck, and I said, "I'll just deal with blocking her later. I don't know what I'm going to do. How I'm going to get her back in the truck because she weighs almost a hundred pounds." Oh my god! Wow. So what kind of a dog do you have? It, she's a she's a livestock guardian breed. She's half Karolanchian, which nobody has heard of. It's a Hungarian breed in the hills, and an Anatolian shepherd. She looks a lot like a white shepherd. Wow! Uh, but she made a horrible livestock guardian. She was too rough on the goats, and she's scared of other dogs, and she loves people, which are all negatives <laughs> to livestock. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. I have to ask, where did you find her? I was friends with some other homestead type people and they had a, a litter of puppies and they were raised around goats. So that was, I thought she would be fine, but obviously I spoiled her and <laughs> made a wonderful pet, horrible livestock guardian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you have that problem now. <laughs> no. So what, what kind of home did you move from in West Virginia? And what kind of home did you move to in Tennessee? The mansion was uh, 2,100 square feet, stick built, high ceilings in the bedroom and the living room. Oh, wow. Nice. It was way more house than I needed, but I was able to afford it, luckily. I guess I got cabin fever renting in an itty-bitty little house that when I was looking for this house. Mm-hmm. And so I said, more room, the better. <laughs> <laughs> You know, hardwood floors, the the whole business, walk-in closet, a real walk-in closet, jacuzzi in the bathroom, everything. When I moved, I was looking to make the double wide here in Tennessee, 1,085 square feet, more of a temporary digs while I was building a home on the 20 acres. But then when I decided that I wasn't going to be a goat herder, what do I need 20 acres for? What the heck was I thinking? (laughs) You know, it's okay to change your mind. I'm I'm still exploring myself in this new adventure, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's okay to make a wrong direction, but it's okay to adjust it too. Don't have to live with it forever. And uh, so I'm here in this double wide of just over a thousand square feet. I said, well, less house to have to deal with. I did go and build a garage immediately. That was unnecessary. Uh, but other than that, my couch still fits sleep in the same bed. Uh, How many rooms do I really use? So just for our audience, can you define a double wide? Oh, I'm sorry. That's a country thing. Uh, A double wide is a mobile home, otherwise known as a manufactured home. You'll see a lot of them in mobile home parks. Uh, They could be a single wide where the truck brings in the whole house on one or a double wide where there are two parts of it and they bring the two parts on different trucks and then they put them together to make one double wide. In this particular case, it's on private land. There was a foundation made. And so the this particular double wide is on the deed right down to the serial number. What that does, having a foundation is much more energy and sturdy wise much better. Under a regular mobile home, there's a lot of air underneath the home and your energy efficiency goes right out the window. That's why you need a little skirt around it. Well, in this case, my skirt is cement. Okay. So you're in a single story and it's just one long room, so to speak. And you built a garage next to it? It looks like a regular home when you walk in. Yes, I, I put in a, a metal garage. It was the most cost-effective. Uh, they brought the pieces and they put it together in about three hours. <laughs> and all I had to do, prep work, I had to make sure there was a gravel foundation. I put the my baby in there. Wow. Uh, and then a few other things. It goes back about 20 feet. So I've got room for other things that are not um, air conditioning required. 
Okay. I mean, you know what? A thousand feet is plenty. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, as time moves on, um, we live in... Um, it's almost as big as I have. Yeah, ours is like 1,400 or so without yeah. the basement. But I still think this is too big, especially, you know, with all the junk that we have that, that we don't <laughs> use. So absolutely. And how did you decide on the design of the house? Oh, I didn't. The house was here already. I, I bought this as my, my temporary home while I build. So it was already here. Okay. And are you still building then? No. And no. In fact, I sold the 20 acres. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So how, how big a property are you on now, may I ask? One acre. Oh, And half nice. of it is wood, so I don't have to mow it. Yay! Yay! Nice, yes. It must be beautiful. It is. It is. And the neighbors are absolutely wonderful. I, you couldn't ask for better neighbors. Yeah, you really lucked out, right? You pick a place and, exit, you know, you have so the neighbors. The, how far are the neighbors away? Um, I can see their house, but, and only if they're yelling at each other can I actually hear them, but I won't hear what they say. Luckily, they don't yell too much. I have a little funny story about the, um, you know, you being in, in Brooklyn, or not a story, I have an analogy. The reason that population density is so important to me is because I find that people get on each other's nerves really easily with a heavy density. <laughs> and I call it the gerbil syndrome. In When you have gerbils in a cage and the population gets too high, they will kill each other until the population <laughs> is the right amount for the space they're in. So I equate it to the same being in a very dense city you're just too close. You you need more personal space. I absolutely agree. I mean, New York City people, a lot of people talk about New York City. New York City people are great. The problem is there's just too many of them. And it's so hard to get along when there's so many people in such a small, small space. So you're, I think you're absolutely right. That's why, although I love New York, I really would love to be in a place that has more space, trees, mountains and things like that and you know i guess this explains why so many people kill each other in new york City. <laughs> partly but but we call it the rat density syndrome there you go okay you know gerbils are just a little too friendly for my taste um, but but it's known that if you have too many gerbils in a cage they will kill each other until they're the right population level so it's a very controllable factor, at least when you have pet gerbils. Yeah, that's so interesting. And that's right. Greenville ha seems to have a nice downtown. How's, how's the downtown? Is it like a main street? Yeah, the main street has, is pretty dead now with COVID. I don't know what it really looks like under normal circumstances. Uh, but there are quite a few older buildings, some of them dating before the Civil War. There's quite a bit of historical buildings still up and functioning but the outskirts has all the normal it has a couple of shopping centers where home or family-owned businesses are uh, but they also have the the franchises and the corporate entities uh there's a staples and you know of course mcdonald's and everything how far is the closest supermarket Actually, we have quite a few supermarkets here. I am under four miles from like five or six of them. Wow. Oh, 
Yeah, and at least two are under three miles. Wow, that's okay. great. Yeah, I'm right outside the city limits. And one of the things about the tax base in Tennessee is a lot of cities have their own property tax bill. If you're outside the city limits, you only get the county bill. Inside the city limits, you get the county and the city. So it could be another third, two thirds or half higher on your property taxes. I posted when I had to pay my annual property tax here and I said, oh, terrible bill. It's taken care of, <laughs> but it was a struggle. All $515 of oh my goodness. the year. <laughs> For the whole year. Oh my goodness. For the year. Wow. But that's one of the reasons I'm outside the city limits. That, oh, that was smart. smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did your homework. I do homework. I'm yes. really good at homework. Yes. Mm -hmm. Was Tennessee on that spreadsheet from years oh, ago? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When I, when I narrowed it down to which state, then I started narrowing down to which city. Mm -hmm. And everybody has their own little special something. If, you know, Gene, if you like antiques, then you may want to research where the antique shops really are concentrated. So why would you move to Memphis if they're all in Nashville? You know, it doesn't make sense. You'd want to be in Nashville. Or if you like music, you want or a certain type of music. You're going to go to Nashville for country. You're going to go to Memphis for blues, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, me being a retired military, I'm a VA patient. I was a I was an employee and a patient. <laughs> Sounds like the hair club of America. <laughs> but as a patient, I researched which hospitals had the best reputation. And the one in Johnson City has a very good one. So what I did was I looked up all their uh, clinics. They, had, they have five or six clinics out and about the area, the whole eastern Tennessee. So I concentrated on where those clinics were in order to look for a home because I didn't want to be in Johnson City proper. So your health care is obviously really, really well researched and you have good health care. Absolutely. Yes. And that's a big concern for a lot of people coming to Tennessee. They ask about health care and I don't answer those posts because I don't have the same reference. Mm. Right. When you are, when you're um, making an appointment for a doctor at the VA in Johnson City, is is there a long wait? Uh, it depends on which specialty. Uh, I have a standing appointment every six months, and I've had oh another funny story. Um, I had to go to the emergency room. They have an emergency room there too, but right when I moved down here with my hillbilly trailer. <laughs> and truck. Mm -hmm. I I got in very late afternoon and I had to unpack everything that wasn't secure. I'm still a New Yorker when it comes to security. <laughs> I lock the car to go, you know, when I get out of the car to fill up with gas, I lock it. I you just I see no reason to change that because anybody can be a, a victim. You know, I had an open trailer. Nothing securing everything on it. Like who's going to steal a 20-year-old vacuum? I don't know, but I had to unpack it and I did it by myself. Well, 
I stepped over the tongue of the trailer and I caught my foot in the chains that are security Uh. chains. And I crashed down on my chest into the gravel. But I still had to unpack, right? Well, unarmed. <laughs> Got to do it. Just do it. Don't complain. Just do it. So I unpacked. By the end of that, I was so sore. My chest muscle was spasming. And it didn't stop spasming for like four days. So I finally went to the emergency room. And of course, this is pandemic. So I'm avoiding the emergency room. I'm hoping it will calm itself <laughs> down. But it won't calm down. So I finally went to the emergency room, wondering if I broke a rib or something, not that you can wrap it anymore, but so I went to the emergency room, waited around a while, and they were very careful not to infect people, blah, blah, blah. And they did an x-ray, no, no crack. So they gave me a muscle relaxer and within a day and a half, I was fine, but that's all I needed. I just needed that muscle relaxer. Yeah. Well, if I'd found the alcohol, maybe I could have done it myself, but (laughs) I didn't find the alcohol for a couple of weeks. No moonshine, huh? (laughs) Not that kind of alcohol. I know. All right. I'm not that much of a pumpkin. Okay. I have a question. Being originally a New Yorker, Can you find good pizza where you live? No, that is one (laughs) of the things that we talk about on moving down to the area. I can't find good Chinese food or pizza. You can find plenty of Mexican stuff. It's palatable, but Chinese and pizza, no. Oh my God. Uh, The Chinese food, I I personally like my veggies al dente. Mm -hmm. And when the broccoli is no longer dark green you can keep it i i just we laugh about that you have to go to knoxville and there are parts of johnson city so when i go out and about on a ride i kind of plan for going to one of those places because they're very there's not a very good selection right here in greenville but that's okay i just have to go to a bigger city well, you know, if you like to cook, uh, a, a friend of mine sent me a link to um, an online Asian market. I'll, I'll send that to you. Um, okay, thank you. You know, I mean, it costs a little more than than going down the street, of course. But well, uh, if you're not going to have them, you know. Yeah, you can get bok choy and, and ginger root. In fact, I, I take ginger root and you were asking what scratch means. From scratch oh. just means from as natural the ingredients as possible. Like I won't buy a pancake mix. I'll make my pancake. Sure. Sure. You know, from flour and sugar, blah, blah. Right. Right. So from farm to market. But uh, I take ginger root and dehydrate it. I slice it real small, dehydrate it. And then I grind it using an old uh, coffee grinder. I grind it into powder so that I have powder ready to throw in for my Chinese marinade. Oh, wow. Nice. So there and it you lasts go. for years that way. I don't have to worry about it. It doesn't take up space in the fridge or the freezer, and it doesn't go bad. Wow. wow. Look at that. Let me ask you, you're also close to Asheville, North Carolina, right? Yes. Is that someplace that uh, you would enjoy going, or is that too crowded for you? It's too crowded, but it is a very nice place to visit. They have a very eclectic culture there. You know, they have the Biltmore. They have a lot of interesting shops. It's it's where the Eastern 
co- Eastern Coast hippies go to live. <laughs> uh, they it, it's very artsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very interesting place to visit. I really like to visit. I wouldn't want to live there, though. It's a little too crowded. Okay. And yeah, it's become quite the uh, haven, right, for these East Coasters. And it's like moving from New York to New York, I'm hearing more and more, becoming denser, I also hear. Yeah, we heard it got very crowded and they're building another mall. And- yeah, and I yeah. just didn't picture a mall in the mountains. But, you know, I guess, <laughs> um, I guess you know, commercialization, what are you going to do? And that's all the more important why you should visit. Asheville is an hour away and a totally different culture than, say, Johnson City. So it's very important when you're looking for a new home to really explore whether you're a good fit. I have a neighbor at the end of the road who has their own little menagerie there, you know, pigs, goats, dogs, chickens, ducks, the whole gambit. And they're not from the state and they fit in perfectly. However, I have another neighbor who moved sight unseen to Tennessee from California and she's not happy here at all. The culture is a total misfit. And I feel sorry for her because she moved because of low cost of living. She says that she uh, was unexpectedly retired and not ready for it. And she couldn't afford to live where she was living, so she moved here. But what's the point of moving to a low-cost-of-living area if you're not happy there? Uh, She probably needed to do more research on what would make her happy, not just the low-cost living. And that's one of the reasons why I have a spreadsheet that includes pet stores. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really drastic. I mean, going from depending on where in California, but even the entire state um, to just pick up and go to Tennessee. I mean, I'd be curious to know what her thinking was other than the cost of living. Um, I I think it was a panic. mm. It was a panic. And, and, you know, she didn't really realize the, the culture shock that she was in for. Yeah. I mean, I once lived in Florence, Kentucky, and it was for work. When I landed at the airport, the pilot says, welcome to Greater Cincinnati International Airport. And I'm thinking, holy shit, I flew into the wrong place. (laughs) I flew. How did that happen? Um, Don't edit that out. (laughs) And and so I I I grabbed the arm of of the guy sitting next to me and I said, I'm supposed to go to Florence. He goes, no, you're in Florence, dear. You're in Florence. It's just the name of the airport. So I was relieved. But I have to tell you, I was working for an airline, um, an engine manufacturer. And so I was stationed at uh, at the airport working with um, these like six, 17 year old um, Kentucky mechanics. Here I come. <laughs> I'm this 22 year old Chinese female New York City girl. And they're looking at me like, uh, what do you think you're going to do here? <laughs> and I'm thinking, um, I'm supposed to learn from you because I was at a design job and I was told I should learn the field portion. And so I could get my hands dirty. They're like, ha, 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 ha. And I didn't think I would fit in, but the assignment was six months. So 
one thing led to another, you know, I kind of acted like them. I started making jokes and it was a humbling experience, but they all accepted me like I was one of them. Let me just say this, <laughs> that it was culture shock, culture shock. I ate at a Chinese restaurant. Everyone was not Asian. Uh, so I asked the waiter, is the chef not Chinese? And I got a look. I got this look. I'm like, excuse me. Everything in here has a little red lantern and you're all dressed like these 1920s, you know, Chinese cartoon characters. And I just want to know who's cooking the food. <laughs> so, yeah, I we have to do our homework. And, and, and like you, I am huge. I'm a huge Excel, Google Sheets uh, user. So um, my spreadsheet is huge, as you can imagine. I can even pivot the charts, okay? Ooh, baby. I, I <laughs> learned how to pivot well. I, I keep it. I, I am not a pretty spreadsheeter. I'm a robot data spreadsheeter. That's okay. So long as you can filter and sort. And, and besides, yeah. and besides, you know what? There's YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talking, talking about diversity. Uh, and history. I know that I was reading that Greenville was the home to at least four Buffalo soldiers. Is is Greenville somewhat diverse or not? It is diverse. It's actually more diverse than I expected. There are, you know, quite a few there. There's a good sized medical community here. And you can see a lot of Indian influence. I'm talking West Indies, not, you know, here. I've seen quite a few black people. Uh, they are well received. Anybody new has to go to the local Waffle House during the week and sit with the old codgers. That's where you really get the flavor of the of the area. You know, as as you said, Jillian, you want to when in Rome, act like a Roman. You know, you want to assimilate as much as you can. You can't change your skin. You can't change your ethnicity but you can certainly change the way you act. And I had to remind myself as a type A New Yorker army getter done with Tourette's that I need to chill a minute and I need to give them a chance to, to warm up. Don't bombard them. And I think that's why my California neighbor is having trouble. She's a type A bombarder. Great advice. Another story. Um, Half the acre, the half acre that is all forest actually belonged to my neighbor at one time before the, the owner before me. And I think before that, the land was sold out from under them to pay medical bills. I didn't know that until I got here. And the Californian told me she knows everything about everybody. Well, of course, <laughs> except where to move. Yeah. Yes, for herself. Yeah. So when I approached the neighbors, I approached them very carefully. I knew I saw I, I asked them for assistance, you know, after the initial introductions. And they told me also about the land being sold. And I said, oh, would you do me a big favor? Would you help me identify the the property lines? And they had a dog area inside my property. And I said, well, um, so you don't have to move it or anything. How about if I give you written permission? Of course, it'll only be good 
for as long as I own the property and you're here. But that way you're covered if anybody says anything, you know, or let's say I die and somebody says, oh, you know, that's Anita's property. Well, Anita gave me permission. Here's my written permission. And so I want to protect them. But they were so nice uh, before I can get a written permission to them because there was a a give and take in it. I kind of went a little over legalese. I was kind of holding off giving it to them because I didn't want to scare them. Uh, he had moved the dog run completely onto his own property and oh, took, wow. took it out. You know, I, I asked them about the trees and if any services had been done on the trees and they had owned the property since 89 and they had never had any of the trees cut down or otherwise serviced. So I'm thinking, oh, the last thing I want is for a known dead tree to go crashing (laughs) on somebody's home or my home. So I called in a tree service. But before I did, I had the husband of the neighbors walk around with me and we tagged the questionable trees together. So he helped me tremendously. And I asked him, I knew what I wanted for the garage, but I wanted to see what he would say. And so I had him help me design my garage. <laughs> nice. You slick. You know, but <laughs> let them help you. Let them help you with what they know about the area. Even if you don't get any new information, it, it builds. creates a bond. And it, and it also qualifies what you already knew. Because mm. you don't know to ask what you don't know. Right. So it was a very good bonding session for us to, for, for them to help me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he learned about you, felt comfortable and that just goes a long way. You become, you become friends. He's like, Oh, you know, she's normal. She's like us. We like her. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I went Mm -hmm. over there. I hadn't seen them for well over a month or two. I knew that they had had jobs. And so I didn't see the car in the, in the driveway much, but when I did, it was a pretty day. And I, came over and I said, no, I don't need anything. I just wanted to check in on you. How are you doing? I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, Four yeah. hours later, I'm going home in the dark. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You just you just brought me back. Um, when I was in Kentucky, these guys, I, I, you know, I kind of bared my soul. I was very, you know, like you, um, I talk to anyone. I talk to strangers. I talk to anyone. And I'm not afraid to share anything. My life is an open book. Oh, yeah. And I um, <laughs> I shared with these young guys. And we all had so much in common, other than the fact that we look very different. And to them, I was highly educated. They also said, you know, you sound like that you have an accent. And I'm like, I have an accent. You should hear what you sound like. <laughs> And and they said, yeah, you sound like um, who's that person? Oh, like like that Katie Couric. And let me tell you, I was so flattered. I was so flattered. She's from Virginia. Yeah, but she doesn't have an accent, right. To me, <laughs> right? No, the you know. the Northwest is the accent of anchors. Mm, mm. That that's the you know the all yeah. country accent that you're trying to shoot for mm-hmm. when you're in news business. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I did, I got the opposite. When I was in the army, there were quite a few Southerners in the army and they thought I was from Massachusetts. Oh, and I went, no, <laughs> is it that bad? 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You're not. You're in. You're in the army and not the army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just want to ask you. So, the cost of living is it is it that much less now? I guess I don't want you to compare necessarily to West Virginia unless there's a big difference. But how would you describe to people like us in New York City the home? Well, right now we're having a a very hot market. Land and homes are getting on contract before they hit Zillow. Wow. So if anybody is looking to move here, I would highly suggest get with a buyer's agent, real estate agent, uh, and get somebody who's seen the MLS before wow. it makes all the, the rounds onto all the apps. Because by the time it hits the app, it's already been seen three or four times and snatched up. Wow. Literally, literally. Wow. Yeah. And do you think this is uh, during COVID? I mean, because of COVID or? It's an acceleration from before COVID Mm. because Tennessee has been a very, it's had its eye on a lot of retirees. And of course the baby boomers are all retiring now. So they're looking at low cost of living and the tax bases So if you have been very frugal and have a good amount in your 401k, then of course you're going to look for a place that is not going to eat up six or 8% from the state. There is a close to 10% or even a hair over on the sales tax. Oh, wow. But, you know, if you're not buying furs normally, (laughs) how much are you really spending? Yeah. And there is like a three or four, I forget how much on food too. So food is pretty comparable to almost everywhere else. Um, Food is almost the same across the board, almost wherever you go, except for the local produce type things. Uh, That that I have noticed. I've done some traveling more recently and noticed that. Mm -hmm. Um, But housing is a lot less. My energy is a lot less than average West Virginia energy uh, electric was very low to begin with, but it's pretty low here too in Tennessee because we have the Tennessee Valley Authority did hydro quite a bit. Yeah. I know that. Um, what, what about state taxes specifically? What state taxes? Uh, there are no state taxes in Tennessee? What state taxes? <laughs> <laughs> they used to have a, a percentage on dividends and interest only. And they're phasing it out. I think uh, 2021, they won't have any. So there is no state income tax. There's only sales tax and property taxes. Oh, that's so great. And of course, gas taxes. That's a problem across the country. That's so great. Because here in New York, we get killed with state tax. And with the the recent law where you can only deduct 10% of your state taxes on your federal income. Right. Um. Places like New York really get killed. Yeah. Oh, they're hit hard yeah, by that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in in Tennessee, there's no reason to itemize. That's only if you itemize. Right. And you get in a double whammy actually when you think about it, because itemizing only works if it's over your standard deduction. Mm-hmm. So if you're single, I just looked this up yesterday, that you're single in 2021. It, the standard deduction is twelve thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. 
Okay. So if I were to itemize, the only reason I would itemize is because the itemizable expenses go over $12,550. Sure. Yeah. And then you're only dealing with 10% of your property tax or however they do it because Mm -hmm. of the high cost of living. So it's a double whammy. And a lot of New Yorkers are leaving New York I think partly because of that, but they've been leaving before COVID, but COVID put steroids on the exodus. Yeah. Absolutely. If you can work from home, why not move now? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And a lot of people are doing yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. One question that I forgot to ask earlier is weather. Do you have seasons? Yes. We have beautiful seasons. Uh, this summer, it was quite wet, um, but from what I understand, it's normally pretty wet it's just a little wetter than normal this year Um, it can get in the 90s for a significant amount of time i didn't find the humidity all that bad but i only came from one climate zone difference so i'm already acclimated you may have a little more problem with it coming from right you know two three climate zones away yeah uh but it's just enough of a change from west virginia that I won't see four feet of snow. And if I do see six inches or so, it's going to be gone in a few days. We had a good snowstorm a few weekends ago. It was Christmas. I missed Christmas dinner because of it. It snowed and there was possible ice underneath it. So I didn't go anywhere. But by Sunday afternoon, everybody pretty much was out and about. And on Monday, you could hardly tell it had snowed at all. So it's not bad at all. Sounds like nice. Yes. Okay. So Tennessee looks like it's on our list also. (laughs) And and another little funny story about the difference here that may be culture shock for some people. I had to really slow down on the driving on the back roads. (laughs) Really slow. I have what we call a built-in DUI station. What? Because the roads are quite windy. And there's no shoulder, and they fall off into the water ditches. Oh, my goodness. Oh my they, they create the ditches so that water can go somewhere, right? Sure, not sure. Settle. Yes. Well, if you're driving at night and not paying attention, or you've had a little bit too much, good old boy, <laughs> we're going to find your pickup in the ditch tomorrow. <gasps> oh, Lord. That's a so, little scary. So there's no – I have never seen a DUI – stop here. Uh-huh. In fact, you know, I really don't see the police very much at all, except in the city. I did see them the other day. There were like four or five of them stopped for this one SUV on the main road. And there was stuff taken out. So it must've been a good one. Oh, I should yeah. have looked up, oh, looked yeah. up to see what the deal was because yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it would hit the papers, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, I imagine there's not much lighting on those side rows and, and even some of the highways, right? Yeah. Zip, zilch, nada. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. There's very little street lighting on the, the smaller roads and it's still a, a double yellow. Yeah, sure. But you know, other than driveway there, there's nowhere to get off of the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So final question. Um, any surprises and any tidbits of wisdom you'd like to share with future retirees who are looking to relocate? 
I didn't have any surprises simply because I'm an over researcher. <laughs> and luckily it didn't immobilize me for moving at all. So of course I would recommend researching even if it is a bit overwhelming at first. You don't have to make a decision. You don't have to make it on a timeline. So take your time and really learn. You know, it's a, it's a time to find yourself. A, another story, I have a friend who works in the Bronx, actually, uh, from childhood. She's a friend from childhood. And she has never lived anywhere but a suburb of New York City. And she wanted to move. Well, she's traveled across the world in timeshares and gone to different countries. But that's on vacation. Yeah. There's something called the honeymoon period where you live there for six months. And after six months is when you really learn what bugs you. Well, I've been here a year and nothing bugs me. So except for the bad Chinese and pizza, you know, it, it's OK to find yourself. But she was talking about moving to Florida or something. And she found out during the pandemic. And this is a good thing about the pandemic. It's a good time to really look inward and, and find out what makes you tick too. You suddenly are isolated from people. Does that hurt you or help you? You know, if you're not a true introvert, it, it may hurt you. I knew that I'm somewhere in between an introvert and an extrovert. I, I have my times when I'm just fine being alone, but I do need some social stimuli. And finding that balance is what I'm trying to do now. And that's why I do the taxes is to get out there with people. But where was I going with this? I don't know, but learning the internal revenue code is, uh, uh, you know, you could have done other things to help people, but but good for you, man. <laughs> well, I did it in the past and I found that the people were really appreciative. Yeah. And I really like to help people who were helping themselves. Yeah. They're yeah. earning a living. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I think it, yeah. helping great, yeah. people with taxes is great. It's, it's a great. real need. It's yeah, a real need. It's really great. Especially yeah. when they don't have to pay for it and, you know. But you, where you were going was the wisdom you were going to share with us. Yeah. T take your time. Oh, oh, the story with my friend. During the pandemic, she found out that her daughter and granddaughter are the most important things in her life. So wherever her daughter goes is where she's going. Because she had a grand, she had grandparents growing up. Her daughter had grandparents growing up. She wants to be that grandparent to make that memory for her granddaughter. And so the idea of going to another state separate from her daughter has vanished. Mm. And I was kind of waiting for her to discover that. It took the pandemic for her to discover that. But I always told her, I said, don't do what somebody else is doing just because it works for them. Right. Do what works for you. Yes. And and Jean and I have come to that same realization that when we were in Florida, for me, I I got this pit in my stomach. I was like, I like it here, but I don't know that I can uproot myself and then just plant myself here. And 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 I know nothing is permanent and we can always move again. But once we move somewhere, I want to make it my home. I want to renovate it. I want to do certain things. And I realize I, I'm happy around my siblings. Um, not all the time, you know, <laughs> I have six siblings and uh, 
we kill each other at times. We don't tell each other all the time. You know, we talk about each other. Okay. Hope they're not listening. But, um, but uh, yeah, you, you, you want to find a place and look, like you said, after a year, th- that's a good sign. I think we'd be following our son around. <laughs> yeah. Well also, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, you we're forgot forth- your son. in love, in love with our child, but we also know that he's on that path. You know, he's 21. He's on that path of growth. Lord knows where he's going to be. We don't want to, we don't want to hold him back, but um, once he settles somewhere, we can always move closer to him and stalk him or hover him, whatever. <laughs> Make Give ourselves him some time. I didn't find my niche career-wise until I was thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So no, same give here. Him time. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. I changed careers, and yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. Maybe when we're gone, <laughs> we'll follow him from somewhere else. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, no. So, so lots to think about a lot of filtering, a mm-hmm. lot of research. And I wholly agree with that. I'm on the same page with you. Um, anything else you'd like to share with us? Anything we missed? No, I I've just delighted in our time together. I really appreciate you doing this for other retirees. I, I think it was, it's a really good concept. I love it. And getting perspectives from different states and areas is a great idea to help get that unwritten research done. You you have to yes. feel a place. You can't get that from stats. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I back it up with visits. I, yeah. I visited here many times before I came and I knew that I would feel comfortable and it's better than I expected. Oh, oh wow, that's great! Very nice, thank you, right. Anita. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your so much. You're wonderful. Yeah, we really appreciate this great episode. Okay, we'll be in touch. Talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. take care. Love thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you know of someone who relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Don't leave out that underscore. And if you liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. In the meantime, be well.